All right, folks, you're listening to the Geared Up Podcast. Today's a Tuesday, so we've got an interview. This is the second part of our interview with Mr. Ed Carroll. If you didn't listen to the first part, it's a good one. He has a lot of wisdom and a lot of uh, just good advice to share. Um, but uh, this one gets a little bit more into manhood. The last one was talking about business mostly. This one gets into a lot more into manhood and masculinity. He tells some great stories, some good hunting stories at the end as well. So I'm really excited to share this one with you. Before we get into it, yeah, make sure that you are following us on social media, um, particularly on Instagram and Facebook. You'll find us as the Gird Up Podcast on Instagram as Gird Up uh, underscore like underscore a underscore man uh, all that information knows at the end of the podcast so you can do that at the end uh, you should also join our facebook community the gird up community on facebook it's a great opportunity to uh, continue to connect with brothers in christ who are chasing after genuine masculinity just like you are Last thing before we get started, if the Lord lays it on your heart to be a part of this podcast financially, you can do that. You can either sponsor an episode by emailing me and let me know what episode you want to sponsor and what you want your ad to sound like. Or you can go on Patreon. You can be a patron of our of our podcast. You can either give a one-time gift or a multi-time gift. If you do so, we'll send you a little, we'll send you a little gift uh, in return and we'll thank you for it. Um, blessings on your celebration of Holy Week as we continue here. Um, shout out to Thank you again to Mr. Ed Carroll for being with us and sharing those stories with us. Uh, I think it's a good one, and I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, we'll get into that content right after a word from our sponsor. Hello, this is Seth and Jenna Herlick, and we are also known as Him and Her Worship. We are also the creators of the What Do I Know podcast, where we talk about life while having very little life experience ourselves. We are a normal couple passionate about lighting hearts on fire for Jesus, who just happened to play music. We write our own original worship music, and we play in churches all around the country, and we'd love to connect with you. We have lots of ways for you to do that. On Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Spotify, we are at Him and Her Worship, and we have a website, and we are himandherworship.com. Also, check out our podcast at Apple Podcasts and other streaming platforms. God bless you. Thanks so much for your time, and we cannot wait to meet you in person. You are listening to the Gird Up Podcast. To gird up is an ancient way of preparing oneself for hard work or a battle ahead. Our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and to live out our calling as men of God. Here you will find a community of believers working hard to become the men that God created us to be. Now it's time to roll up your sleeves and let's get to work. We're back with Mr. Ed Carroll. Um, we talked to him last time on a whole bunch of hotels and uh, development projects and things like that. Uh, so last time we were on, we talked about business. We talked a little bit about family, um, but uh, let's, let's, let's talk about family. So you yeah, mentioned right. your wife. You've been married for 40 years or close to 40 J- years. Just going on. This August, it'll be 40 years. So right. yeah, So amazing. congratulations. Thank you. Um, and uh, I, I, want, I, want, I love these stories. So I want to hear your story. Oh boy, my story is uh, f- probably not uh, anything but boring to to you. But oh, come um, on. no, I, I uh, met my my bride when she was yet in in high school. I, I knew who she was because she was going out with my best friend at the time. <laughs> and you no, said it would be boring. No, no, no. <laughs> but it's not where you go. You think it's going to go. So ultimately, they they did break up and uh so it it just turned out that the uh freshman year in college 
this young lady, Tammy, was uh, at the same place, and I said hi to her and hung out a little bit, and we uh, we uh, enjoyed each other's company, and I got her to say yes to going on a date. So my, my I will tell you a real quick side story. The first date... I, I took her out. It was a Star Wars movie, the very first <laughs> Star Wars movie. Not the greatest, maybe, way to start a relationship, but we um, ended up uh, um, spending time and, and went back to her place. Uh, and, and about two in the morning, and I was leaving, and I backed out of her driveway into the ditch <laughs> and completely got my car stuck. So she had to go into her father. And have him come out and help me, and uh, <laughs> and so that was the beginning. He he was not a great fan of me. Um, I, I I had hair down to about my shoulders at the time, and I had this uh, red satellite Sebring that was stuck in his ditch. But one thing led to another. We uh, we, we grew our relationship and uh, ended up uh, married and uh, married very young. Did you did you won him over eventually? Huh? Won him over. Now uh, I I I love my in laws and they love me and we've had uh, an incredible relationship with both uh, both parents on, on on both sides. Does he ever bring it up? Oh, I've uh, I've heard that <laughs> a, a lot of times over the years. Yes, <laughs> I I I, uh, I once picked a girl up on a first date and as we're pulling out of the driveway. Um, backed right into the. I, first of all, I couldn't find her house and showed up like twenty five minutes Ooh. late. Yeah, and she was the kind of girl that actually was ready on time, which really, really, it wasn't a good start then. And so then as we're backing out, they, they lived in one of these places where the, the road is high and the, the uh, houses are kind of down below, you know? Sure. And so as we're backing up the driveway, I was too busy looking at her to look into my mirrors and crunch, like backed right Ooh. up into a car across the street. And I remember just looking at her across the across the front seat and went, do you just want to go back inside? <laughs> I can, and, I can relate. But she said no, and she went and then uh, went and knocked on the door of the neighbor's house, and it all turned out okay. But you know, <laughs> I you. felt like dirt. For about 20 I was so embarrassed. Oh, those humbling moments in our lives, right? <laughs> it reminds you who you are. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, so I was riding that high. This girl t- said yes, and then oh boy, oh boy, oh yes. Yeah. So uh, you guys got married really young. Were you? Were you? Are you guys about the same age? We we are. T- Tammy's uh, s- same age as me, and uh, we got married at twenty one years old. Which uh, wow! When I when I look back now, um, thankfully my 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 kids waited years years later, and and it's it's just challenging because you're going through learning, you're growing as a person, your 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 whole relationship changes, and we were blessed, obviously, and and uh, to be able to look back now and. And have you know grown children and and uh, successful uh, relationship and and that we're we're all focused on on our Lord and, and connected in faith. It's just it's such a blessing. One of my one of my uh, closest friends got married about the same age, and uh, a couple of years so it was about a year after they got married. His wife was reading something where it said you know the male mind doesn't or the male brain doesn't mature until it's age twenty four, and yeah, she I looks think... up from her book and she looks at him and says, "I better get to work. I've only got two years left." <laughs> oh, I, th- I think mine was more like thirty though. <laughs> Fair enough. It's true for a lot of us. It's true for a lot of us. I'm a slow learner. <laughs> so your daughter, you said you have three daughters. Yeah, they come. Right Right away, or my uh, our first daughter came uh, about two years or so into our marriage, and uh, 
that uh, was uh, certainly a blessing. But again, uh, look at at that time, I, I was really not making any money to speak of. It was really tough. I had wonderful parents and wonderful in-laws that helped us out a lot. And uh, were it not for them and, and all the support that they provided us, I don't know how that would all turned out. And then it, it, it turned out as, as we grew that our girls were like five years apart. So I had three daughters. And so I have one about five years later. Nikki was our, our second daughter. Um, and uh, that also was was a challenge, one of those challenges in life in that uh, she was born very prematurely, ended up uh, on, a, in a respirator, on a respirator in the hospital for six weeks. So we, we um, frankly, almost lost Tammy during, during the birth. She had a, a virus and uh, her blood pressure went to almost nothing. The baby, uh, Nikki, was, was taken and immediately had to go to a different hospital um, by, by ambulance. And I had to call pastor and, and try to have him come out and, and wow. uh, baptize my, my, my daughter wow. and, and, and worry about my wife. And, and then we went through a long time not, not knowing how things were going to work out. And God was, was good, as, as he always is. And, and we were blessed with a healthy daughter. And um, Nikki is uh, an incredible human being as, as we sit here today. Yeah. And then about five years later, we had our, our third, third daughter, Kristen. So after you, after you go through that with your second daughter, do you, is that, are you intentionally saying, like, let's try this again? Or We actually did um, <laughs> surprisingly. Yes, Kristen, you were you were a goal. <laughs> you were part of our part of our plan and part of God's plan. <laughs> yeah, there we go. All right, cool. Uh, so your your three daughters are all married. Yes. So what do you look for in a good son-in-law? Well, I'll tell you. You've been singing their praises. You love them. So. I, I love them, and I, I couldn't be more blessed. And it, it's it's you're not the norm. It's truly a blessing. And and um, I, I look at Matt, my my son-in-law, with my oldest uh, daughter. His, his dad is a pastor. He's a Christian man. He he wears and shares his faith. He's he's an incredible guy. He is a hard worker. He's a fabulous father. Um, it, it just we we couldn't be more blessed. And and that's true across the board. So then I go to my middle my middle daughter and and her husband is Matthew Bound, who is one of the one of the leaders of Camp Philip, a Christian in Watoma, Wisconsin, that is just a, a blessing and a mentor to me and, and lives his faith and is totally focused on ministry. It's not about things. It's about preaching and sharing and, and, and the gospel. And uh, just you couldn't, couldn't be better served than to have someone like that in our family. And, and the same is true then, Kristen, my youngest, marries, uh, marries Ryan, who is an incredible Christian from Manitowoc, Lutheran, born and raised family that has pastors. You, you've probably heard of the, the Molden Hours. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and, and so um, we have three of the greatest son-in-laws that you could possibly have in life and, and are so blessed. And, and we get together 
as as a family and and have times and just knowing that that faith is our foundation and, and similarly we're blessed with blessed with uh, my my parents were were great people um, my dad has passed my mom has has Alzheimer's now but we we had a, a great Christian upbringing uh, my my in laws are are just incredible people and you know just uh, uh, again glue to to a family that is that is a, a beautiful foundation based in in God and and faith. Awesome. Do your son-in-laws hunt with you? Nope. I'm um, not able to, to, to get that bug to bite with them. I'm, I'm thinking that maybe there will be a grandson come along at some point that uh, could join me in my hunting, hunting uh, love. But uh, we, we tended up now we had three girls too. So they, they tended to be girly girls and, and <laughs> um, very sports oriented. So that, you know, between track and, and cross country and, and gymnastics and, and all those kind of things. Um, but uh, the, the hunting bug never, never bit the son-in-law. So uh, I have to enjoy that with some, some cousins and, and some other friends. I don't remember who's, who's, I think it was one of the, I've read, I read a whole, I went through a, a, uh, uh, stint where I was just reading like Navy SEAL books one right after the other. And I know my yeah. military friends all roll their eyes at that, but um, the uh, one of them, I can't remember who, one of them was talking about though, he's, you know, he has like four daughters and he said, you know, every single time he was praying for a son and God's like, nope, you're having a daughter. And, and then uh, one, at some point, one of his CEOs just looked at him and said, hey, God gives the real men daughters. <laughs> yep, uh, my, 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 my brother has... Uh, <laughs> Has three three sons. I had three daughters. He he reminds me all the time that I'm the weaker. Oh. <laughs> there you go. Hey, I, any man that can live in a house with three teenage daughters at one time is is <laughs> and a female dog Ooh, and a female dog. You were surrounded, man. Uh, you were surrounded. Yes, yes. Not too much testosterone in the family. <laughs> so you you love to hunt. Have you hunted your whole life? Or? I, I started as a teenager, and it, it really. Um, at, at, when I was in grade school, there was Lutheran pioneers at the, the grade school I went to. That was my first exposure. Cause my dad had never done any hunting, never had guns or, um, didn't really do that much outdoors. And the Lutheran pioneers was a way for fellowship. And then I, I got to, to go shooting and, and I, um, met some people. I had a grandpa that hunted a little bit and be, because he saw my interest, he decided to take me out. So, um, some of my greatest early memories of, of deer hunting were with my grandfather, who was a, a wonderful man. And he took me out and I did all the wrong things and he was <laughs> extremely patient with me, but it, it really, I, I learned to just enjoy the outdoors and just being out in God's country. And, and, uh, it became a lot of fun for me. So it really, as a teenager, it, it, it kind of hit me. And, and then, uh, I had a couple of cousins that were involved in hunting and one thing led to another. It became kind of part of my ritual. Started off with bow hunting and gun hunting for deer. And then um, as as I uh, uh, got a little bit older and, and had a little bit more ability to do it, I, I, I did some uh, out of state and, and some, some really big hunts like in, in uh, Alaska and Colorado and Wyoming and lots of places. What kind of big game you shoot? I have, uh, let me just think. I, I, no, here it shows you how the weakness that, that, that I have. My, my animals are, my, my taxidermy is all in the garage. I, I've oh, not, no. been able, not been able to get any of that you in the house. You need a cabin up north Oh, boy, so. I do, I do. But uh, it's one of those compromises we make. Happy wife, happy life, right? That's right, that's um, right. So I, I have uh, um, a... a uh, pronghorn antelope i have a bunch of whitetails 
I have a caribou, I have a moose, I have a wild boar, I have a buffalo. Um, that's all that's coming to my head right now, but uh, I've, I've enjoyed a lot of big game hunting. Awesome. So how do you, how do you make the leap from white tail hunting into big game hunting? Well, I think it's, it's, it's really um, studying and, and, and the concepts are, are, are similar, but um, t- taking that you know, next step where you're you're going from fields and you know far, farm fields and ridges to to mountains, and and uh, um, kind of having to prepare yourself for for that more rigorous type of hunt. The ones that I went on were not the um, comfy, cozy ones, but but the ones that you're out you know ten days in the wilderness in a pup tent, um, stalking, climbing mountains, climbing uh, you know big hills, and it, it it was it's it's really just uh, everything times, you know, X that, that you're normally doing in the whitetail hunt. What, what drew you to the, uh, what, well, first of all, what draws you to hunting? Like why, why hunting? To me, it, it's, it's being out in, in nature. It's really not even, and, and as I look back now, it's, 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 it's not even necessarily about, you know, harvesting an animal, but it's, it's being outside and in the business world. And, and I think our personal world, things are so busy all the time and it's it's hard to find that quiet and for me when i am out in god's country looking at those stars or you know climbing a ridge or you know watching the river go by it brings a peace that i just i just find so amazing and it it gives me a, a sense for the how big God's creation is, and it's just it's exciting to me. It, it, it rejuvenates me. It, it and, and and certainly I I enjoy the hunt as well. It's it's you know I, I guess I'm kind of a driven person in, in business and like to kind of translate that to other things. But it's it's really more about nature and being in God's kingdom. Yeah. The, uh, I don't, I think it's Thoreau said, uh, many men spend their entire lives fishing and don't realize what they're looking for isn't fish. Right. Absolutely. It's experience. And again, it's this beautiful creation that we have. Yeah. Do you fish? I really don't much. Um, I, I, I do a little bit. We, we have a place in Florida and, and I have a boat. So I go out, uh, at the time of day that I'm most comfortable with not <laughs> not when the fishing charts tell me right, to go fish, right. um, and 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 I, I probably catch um, only the really not smart fish, but uh, <laughs> I, I I enjoy a little bit of it, but I've I've not been an avid fisherman. You gotta justify having the boat, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, what's your favorite hunt you've been on? Well, I think my favorite, and I and I, I use that in terms of most memorable and probably most challenging. Uh, was one of my Alaska hunts because I had multiple uh, experiences that were really um, <laughs> challenging and, and I'll, I'll cut me off if I if I uh, talk too much because I love oh, ahead, love man. it. Go but um, we we went up to Alaska and it was an amazing journey flying into Anchorage on on a regular jet and then taking a smaller jet to Dillingham and then taking a fat tired plane up to a place called Ekwok and then taking a boat uh, a power boat up literally probably 50 miles up river to a wilderness that you can't even imagine and this this was a a hunt for for bear and and for moose and and for caribou and it, it was a 10-day hunt and it rained nine and there was 
heavy winds and it was brutal. I lost 15 pounds wow. during a 10 day hunt, wow. which was you know, cr- crazy. But I, I, I don't think I ever worked so hard in my life, but there's an experience I'll share where I, uh, w- one of the nights was up on this kind of mountain ridge and I shot a caribou, but it was really late in the day. And so the outfitter said, we have to come back tomorrow to, to get it. So we got up early in the morning and, and basically took no gear. Cause we had to climb a couple thousand feet and then dress this animal and, and bring it down to this camp where we had our pup yeah. tents in our, in our boat. And I was climbing the mountain and this guy, he's 20 years younger than me. He's, (laughs) you know, fit as can be living in Alaska, working hard constantly. So he's, he's climbing and and I knew where we had to go up this mountain and he, he, he was clearly ahead of me. So, um, I said, you know what, I I know where we're going. Why don't you get, go up there. I'll, I'll catch up to you. So he turns around, huge mistake I made. He said, you know what, uh, do you mind if I, take your gun because he, he didn't have a gun. He was just, just, uh, carrying, carrying the, the things that he needed to dress the animal. And so, uh, poor decision on my part was here's my gun. So he took it and he goes scurrying up and, uh, about 10 minutes later, I'm, I'm climbing my way through this brush to get up there. And all of a sudden I hear a noise. Whoo! And I look, and there is about an eight-foot brown bear sitting oh, on two man. feet, barking at me. Oh, and I, I went, I panicked, and so <laughs> I, I, instantly that fight or flight takes over, and and I couldn't remember in the moment. Now, black bear, you're, do you make noise or do you sit still? Brown bear, do you make noise? My my flight took off, so I just ran <laughs> as fast as I could, straight sideways from from that animal. Fortunately, he didn't chase me, and frankly, if he wanted me, he could. They they can run thirty five miles an right, hour, right. Um, and it would have not worked out so well. So I um, I, I, I went as far as I could. I, I I finally just collapsed, and I said, you know, okay, it's over, <laughs> and. Uh, have me i'm yours and and it didn't chase me so i i composed myself sat there for about 15 minutes shaking like a leaf and then climbed the rest of the way up so i get up by the outfitter and i said you're not going to believe he goes you're not going to believe this so what had happened this this bear had just totally eaten the, the caribou and and actually dug a hole in the shale rock on the side of this mountain and 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 buried the, the remains of it and, and was watching it so the the good part was I was heading up towards that and it was basically just trying to cut me off from getting at its meal and so it, it turned out that um, that bear had been watching that so I get up to the outfitter and I instantly grabbed my gun because I was not going to let that happen again. <laughs> and I, I was talking to him about it, taking some pictures of, of this beat up caribou. And I look up and about 80 yards up, here's this bear again. And oh, it started, man. it did a, what's called a false charge. It came running towards us, got to about 30, 40 yards away, running full speed at us. And I held my gun and I was shaking like a leaf <laughs> and, and, and I didn't have to shoot. He, he stopped took off and, and was gone. Did you shoulder it? I, 
this, this it was not bear season at the time. Oh, so, okay. so I, I had to held up, you know, there was no way I was not shooting if this thing kept coming, but he stopped. Right, right. Um, but that same trip, and I'll just be briefly, we were going on a river and it had rained so much. So the water was just rushing and there were, there were logs and, and tree branches coming down the river. And we, we were at this one spot where I was in the front of this, it was about a 16 foot boat. The outfitter was in the back, um, driving the boat and a, a tree branch hit him and he flipped out of the boat. And we, this is a, I mean, probably 35 degree water rushing. All oh, of a sudden the outfitter's gone. I'm in the front of the boat and panicked. Well, you I'm just like, and it's like, <laughs> what? Oh my <laughs> And, and so I, I, I had to jump to the, the boat and, and stop it and then steer it down to, to get oh, up to yeah. him as he's he's going down river. We ended up pulling off and, and, and made that a camp. And, and he, he had to t- obviously take everything. It, it was ice cold water. So we built a big fire, ended up fishing the night. I caught some Arctic grayling, which was really cool because I you know, never <laughs> caught a couple of salmon. And uh, we, we made camp. But I, I thought in, in that moment... I, I just lost my outfitter and, and I'm hundreds it's of miles away. It was just crazy. It was, it was insane. Oh, so, man. so when you ask, you know, that, that is by far my most memorable, uh, hunting experience ever. I ended wow. up, I ended up on the, the, the day before the end of the trip, um, harvesting a, a, a huge a bull elk that, uh, actually made the Boone and Crockett. Um, but it, it was after, so many days of rain and other challenges and just, you know, killing ourselves out there. So that by far and away was my, my most memorable That's hunt. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. That's so cool. I can't even imagine just like looking up and seeing uh, a bear. Oh, oh yeah. Man. It was very, very scary. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Lots man. of adrenaline going through. Yeah. <laughs> See, I don't hunt, but I would love to, I would love to start. And so, yeah, yeah. well, Hey, oh, man. you're welcome. We can do it. <laughs> We That'll won't start cool. with Alaska, though. <laughs> That's probably not a good idea. <laughs> no, maybe some cushier hunts. Yeah. <laughs> do you ever watch? Uh, I don't know if you if you've got Netflix or anything that you watch. Yeah. That at all. Do you ever watch Meat Eater? I I, I actually put it on my saved uh, a, okay. a, a number of weeks ago, but I've honestly never watched it. So, but I have a friend that said that's a really really neat show. Yeah. Well, uh, so th- I just started watching like a week or two ago, and I've probably made it through eight episodes. And they had a guy from Wisconsin on like a couple. of it was well the one I watched at lunchtime today. There was a guy from Wisconsin, and he's sitting up there in Alaska looking around. And he goes, well, "I don't want to shoot anything yet." And the outfitter looks at him and goes, "Why?" He goes, "Because after this, I'm just going back and looking at cornfields." <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "We got to take a couple of days. We there can't shoot go. anything yet. There we got to go. take a couple of days and enjoy uh, this first before we get the plane back out here." There's something to be said. Again, that's part of the journey, right? You know, and right. and being out there, and it, it's almost. Uh, there's there's a little bit of sadness if it if it happens too early in your in your process because it is about yeah. a lot more than just harvesting Absolutely. an animal. And I've never been out into the wilderness in Alaska, but just being around like Kenai and Wasilla down there on the, on the yeah. southern end, and just like looking up into the mountains and having been like we were at uh, what's that big? Uh, there's like a big ski resort up there. El- Alaska or something like that and so being up into the mountains a little bit but not too far and just see like just you know just a you know dipping your toe in the water but seeing how beautiful that was I can only imagine it's, it's what just it's like. so massive and you, you can't even 
hunt without being with a licensed outfitter up there because there, there's so much that can go wrong and it's just so big that it, it, it really that's part of the appeal to it I think you, you are you are you are out there and you are on your own and and frankly if something happens or you you, you do have issues you you, you know you got to figure it out because there's nobody going to help you. And, and so <laughs> there, there's something about that that uh, is, is, I think, a little bit of the intrigue as well. Yeah. But just seeing the majesty of, of the creation is awesome. amazing. Yeah. So have you ever done any big game hunting like in the lower 48 at all? I've done um, some some hunts where I've, I've, I've done a wild boar hunt. I've, I've done some elk hunting. I uh, did uh, a, a bison hunt and, and I did, uh, oh, cool. I, you know, so I, I, I've had had experiences in, in kind of some of the West states. I, I went to Wyoming and, and uh, did a pronghorn antelope hunt, which oh, was really fun because cool. you're shooting really long distance compared where in Wisconsin, you know, as a deer hunter, m- most of your, your shooting is 70, 100 yards when you're out west in a place with no trees oh, and, and trying yeah. to harvest a, an antelope, you're shooting several hundred yards oftentimes. And so that that was just an interesting experience as well. Yeah. Different kind of terrain, different country. Cool. Well, yeah. So when you say boar hunting, you're talking like Texas style or no, this this is no, <laughs> I, this was was pretty simple. I I was actually uh, down in Florida when when uh, weekend and. Uh, closing down our condo and I was a little bit bored, which I, <laughs> I, it happens to me pretty easy. And I just went online and I started looking for hunting and outfitters. And I found uh, an outfitter in, in, in Florida, not far from where we were that um, does wild boar hunting. And so it's about as tame, a, 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 you know, a, a, you know it's, it's nothing like Alaska. So it's flat. We, we you know, hunted on, on, on stands. And, and so was was really oh, super yeah. easy. It's, uh, it's, it's hard. You almost can't really call it a hunt. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard about these guys out? I think it's Montana or maybe the Dakotas where like they, they have bars where you go out like on a back patio of the bar and they give you like an AK-47 and you shoot prairie dogs? I have. Have you heard have. of that? Yeah, yeah. I've never never done any of that. But, it just uh, sounds crazy. Yeah. It just sounds crazy. But I suppose when you have a problem, you have a problem. That's right. <laughs> too funny. Well monetize <laughs> too funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the same with the boars too. A lot of the farmers, just they want to get rid of them. Yeah. All right, dude. Mm. Okay, so what do you do when you're not hunting and you're not uh, you're not doing business? What what else? Well, we as a family do a lot of things together. Now, I'm at a place in my life which which is a, a, a blessing and a challenge in that um, my dad passed a, 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 several years ago, and and my mom has Alzheimer's. Um, she's um, a, a woman that was incredible. And, and I, I, I tell her that there's nobody that has been more giving and caring and supportive in my ent- entire life and, and has put herself through. And so both T- Tammy and I spend a lot of time visiting her and, and helping take care of her. Um, she's, she's in a memory care facility. On, on the other side, my, uh, my father-in-law unfortunately has had a, a stroke and is, is fighting debilitating effects from that 24-7 care. And mother-in-law is, is a saint, beyond a saint, taking care of him. <laughs> and so Tammy and I try to spend 
pro- it's it's probably 20 hours a week between those things with our family and it's it's a joy and a blessing and, and a privilege to be able to um, help in the small way that we are and I realize it's nothing compared to what our family has has done for us and and all the things that they've given us but beyond that um, we we have been blessed to be able to do a lot of travel and we have um, made it a point to to try to give those experiences because of those blessings that that we have to our kids and so every couple years recently we've done some pretty big trips and and our kids have all been bitten with the travel bug many years before and have have done a lot but uh, for example a couple years ago we took all three daughters and son-in-laws and granddaughter to Costa Rica and 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 visited three different parts of the country Um, in another week we've got uh, 15 of our family going to Croatia, which we've, we've never been to. Um, but, uh, one of my, um, sister-in-laws has a lot of family from there. And so, um, my, my middle daughter, who's just a travel nut, um, always is looking for great deals. And she found an unbelievable deal on British Airways and, um, somehow in about half hour got us all to commit to, to go. And so now we, we got this, but, um, we've, uh, been able to do a lot and, 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 and make memories and, and share time together. We've, we've, you know, we've gone on ski trips. We've, we've gone overseas. We, we've really been, my, my middle daughter, Nikki taught English in China for uh, a semester. And we, we took a whole family trip, went over to China and, and then to Japan, as long as we were that far and going to be jet lagged out of our <laughs> right. minds, we right. decided let's go see Tokyo as well. And so that uh, that that travel and and being able to spend time with family is really the the biggest thing I do outside of the the work in in, in church. And then, as I sh- shared with you uh, before, I, I just love learning. So I I, I I go down that internet rabbit hole that we have, which uh, <laughs> you know they say everything on the internet's true, right? Yeah, you know, so you know, oh Every yeah. Last word. <laughs> so so I I I I, I, I kind of dive into things to, to, to learn. And, and so anything from podcasts to, uh, you know, new ideas and, and business opportunities you name it, but, uh, kind of between those things, it, it makes life pretty full. Yeah, absolutely. So what is your, as a big game hunter, what does your diet look like? Well, my diet has nothing to do with. Uh, um, I, did you I, I know eat the meat. I well, from your, what, from what, your I, what, I, what I did in in Alaska, for example, with the moose, this the city or I, I, you can't call it. It's not even a city. It's not even a village. Ekwok, where we ended up, was literally about thirty five people, really Eskimos, in this little village that live off of their game, and. I was fortunate to be able to harvest an animal, and that's about a 1,700-pound animal. So what I did is I, I, I took a, a couple of back straps to make some 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 meat burgers off of, and I donated um, 90% or more of that animal to that village, and they were just so appreciative because that's going to feed them for a long time. And, and similarly, I did that. With most of my um, out-of-state animals, um, I, I, I just think it's it's an opportunity to give back. So there yeah. was, you know, when, when I did the boar hunt, when I did the the uh, antelope hunt, there was food shelters locally that, because those were areas that there were a lot of hunting and outfitters, that they had found places that could take that. And so I was able to donate that. So I always made it a point to 
try enough to be able to taste it, yeah. but, but give the rest away to, to people cool. that could use it. That's awesome. Know? Yeah. So it's fun. Right. Yeah. Well, to ask the question, you don't look like you're, you know, an old guy. So, well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. I've got kids that, that keep me young and, uh, I'm, I'm certainly not in the, 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 the shape that I want to be, but I've, I've always, um, been, been athletic and, and, and focused on, trying to lead a relatively healthy style we we lifestyle we do my wife and I do a tremendous amount of walking and and uh, um, we we put in a lot of miles and and we, we try to eat you know fairly high protein uh, low carb diet overall there's times of, of stress that that all goes out the window <laughs> right, and right. and the, the weight comes on and the the, the the carbs come into the play but there's uh, my, my, my kids are, are are very healthy eaters and so we've uh, done that and then just the, the, the focus on doing things that are uh, good physically. I, I made a goal of mine um, that when I t- was going to turn 55 that I wanted to run a marathon. And so I uh, I signed up for the Lakefront Marathon that le- leaves Grafton and ends up at the Lakefront um, the beginning of the year that I was going to turn 55. And I spent uh, about nine months um, running, and not, not by runner standards, but <laughs> running to the point that I could be comfortable that I could run 26.2 miles without stopping. And, wow. and, and so I, I finished that. That was a very fun thing for me, but my, my kids have, um, generally been very athletic. My, my oldest daughter was a, a very good gymnast. She actually uh, made the U S gymnastics team for three different years. And, wow. and she, uh, ended up going to the university of Florida on a gymnastics scholarship. And, uh, m- the other two daughters both did gymnastics as young kids and, and then track and, and, and just generally, um, f- fairly athletic family and and my wife was a gymnastics and a dance coach um and and so that kind of stuff resonated with our yeah. family so um we uh we, we we try to keep keep health as as a little part of that and and uh want to be able to to be vibrant and strong hopefully uh for a number of years yet awesome all right as we wrap up here anything uh, any last words anything you want to share or, or that we haven't gotten to or? i don't know that uh, anything particular comes to mind other than um, that I, I encourage all the young people listening to to really be true to their faith, to, to be in the word, to to be able to experience God's creation. A, a lot of what we've talked about is that journey, right? It's, it's not a, it, it's, we're, we're here for purpose to serve our Lord. We, we've got an incredible creation in front of us. We've got opportunities. So, so look at family, look at faith, look at being in the word, look at all the, the, the incredible things that God gives us and keep those as your base and, and operate from there. And life is incredible. Not that we're, we're not going to have amazing challenges as well, because we all do. Um, every day we, we go through hardship and, and there's times in our life that are super difficult, but we've got a God that loves us and is going to carry us through and not give us any more than we can handle. And, and that has given us so many blessings. If we can just focus on those blessings, life will be good. And, and what we have to look forward to is incredible. Awesome. Well, congratulations on your uh, future newest grandchild. Yeah, exciting. 40 years of marriage. All kinds of awesome yeah. things going on. Thanks for spending time with us. I'm enjoying it and enjoyed it immensely. Thank oh, you for what man. you're doing. This cool. is great. 
Very cool. If you want to, if you want to get in touch with Ed, what's the best way to do it? Well, you can find me on uh, the social medias. Not that I do a whole lot there, but uh, <laughs> you can look up my name, Ed Caro, C A R O W, on Facebook. I'm also on LinkedIn. I uh, would admit to you, I, I, I don't do much. I, I, I never post on it. I have it because <laughs> right. when you're in business, you're supposed to have right. it. So, so I do. Um, cool you know, doing, so, so. yeah, and then you know, so between. <laughs> Facebook and then my uh, email is ed at jacksonstreetholdings.com all lowercase so you can always find me there and and uh, I think that has my cell phone number on I'm pretty readily available and accessible and if there's anybody on this uh, spiritual journey that would love to chat more I'm happy to happy to help out any way I can awesome thank you you're welcome appreciate you being here Thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you like what you're hearing on our podcast, make sure you're sharing it with friends and family, men in your life who you think need to hear our message. You can find us on social media, on Facebook under the Gird Up Podcast, and there's a Gird Up community as well there where you can interact with other men on the journey toward Christian manhood. You can find us on Instagram as girdup underscore like underscore a underscore man. If you'd like to help us bring our message to more men just like you all around the world, you can hit up our Patreon account. Type in www.patreon.com forward slash girdup. And finally, please leave a five-star rating or review on whatever platform you use to listen to our podcast, whether it's iTunes or Spotify. What that does is it helps us get more attention in the podcast world and bring more men to our message. Thank you again for listening to our podcast. Thank you for all the ways you support us and help spread the word. Until next time, go gird up and be the man that God created you to be.